now, say now. You're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios. Myself, D-Boy, no Spencer Shea. He's somewhere being photo shoot fresh, <laughs> but we are here nonetheless. What's going on with you, D-Boy? We are here. It's good to be here, as usual. All is well. What's good with you? Uh, A whole lot. Wind shares. Let's get to it. Not too much, actually, this weekend, because... It's holiday season, so a lot of events are more private events, which I'm not going to share on here because y'all can't come anyway. So <laughs> that's happening because it's holiday season where you get to work holiday parties and, you know, the company corporate holiday parties. And so that's a good thing that it's coming through. And, you know, nonprofits, just all kind of different stuff in that, reg- in that regard. But right, right. Friday night I'll be at Lulu. Um, Lulu Friday, it'll be my last Friday at Lulu for the year of 2023. Then we'll get back to it in the top of the year. You scared me for a minute. <laughs> I think you did that on purpose. Kind of, kind of. I mean, okay, you got to keep, yeah, you got to yeah. keep them intrigued, man. Yeah, yeah. However you way you can. One of the fan favorites they, over there. Yeah, you can't yeah, be the yeah. last one. Last one of 2023. The year's almost over. So come out Friday, catch some good R&B. It'll be a vibe. Saturday night, I'll be at Export Rooftop Bar and Lounge. So that'll be from 9 p.m. to midnight. Lulu starts at 10 p.m. So you can pull up to any of those. And again, other than that, I got private events that are taking place this weekend as well. But one event that I will shout out is Pure Green Portland. It is a new juice bar that's opening up in Selwood, and I will be DJing there on Sunday. It's grand opening weekend. They'll be open all day. You can come there and listen to some tunes and get healthy. Um, they'll be open Saturday as well all day. So if I'm not there, you still should so- show up. Go support a new local business here. And it's trying to get you right, trying to get you healthy. And so um, huge shout-out to the homie Parr. Uh, much love to her for having me come out for that, and it will be Real cool. It's in Selwood. I posted the flyer on my story, um, but I'll post it again on my story to be able to get y'all exact locations and everything because, oh, actually, here we go. 7117 Southeast Milwaukee Avenue, Portland, Oregon. Again, 7117 Southeast Milwaukee Avenue, Portland, Oregon. I'll be there about 1.30. I'll be there, too. I'll be I'm there. pulling up. Yeah, yeah, 1.30 to 4, 1.30 to 4.30, somewhere around there in that ballpark because I am going to the Blazers versus Warriors game on Sunday. That's happening. Indubitable. <laughs> That's happening. As we so, should. So with that being said, yeah, pull up anytime this weekend, but – We'd love to see your face there while I'm there as well in that ballpark, as I just mentioned. And it'll be a good time, good vibes, good people, and something new, making the city that much more vibrant. I'm here for it. That's all I got for you this weekend in the wind shares. I know what you all want to hear me talk about or hear us talk about, I should say. Draymond Green (laughs) is suspended indefinitely after uh, (laughs) punching Yusuf Nurkic in the face during a game this week and he was ejected from that game the suspension came down this week as well saying indefinitely which means we don't know what that means (laughs) it's based on whatever agreement that he has with the NBA that he's going to complete prior to being able to return back on the court as well as whatever agreement he makes with that of the Golden State Warriors <laughs> a lot of prior here now. to returning and being back on the court. We don't know the amount of games. We don't know 
what the agreements particularly are. We'll probably learn over time what it is that the NBA wants him to do and the Warriors wants him to do because I'm sure that's going to be a process in itself because I don't know if that's something that you can come up with overnight. (laughs) It sounds like the help that is needed is a little bit more extensive than coming up with a set amount of games or a set amount of things that he needs to accomplish prior to returning back on the court, which is why I think they said indefinitely because they still have to properly plot out and plan and in a lot of ways probably outsource whatever help that they feel like Draymond needs to be (laughs) safe enough to come back on an NBA court. That's what I got from that. Let's talk about this word indefinitely because um, (laughs) it was a 360 flare, tech, and punch slap. To the jaw. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, it was. Let's call it what it was. Indefensible. Okay. Indefensible. So, upon the history and all, and this new recent tactic in action, um, indefinitely, I still want to know what do you think that looks like? It's hard. Nobody knows for sure, yeah. but I want to know in terms of games, what all of these levels you just spoke of, that he's going to have to meet the criteria of what seems realistic to you as far as what it'll be around at this point. Double digits, for sure. 15 to 20, Maybe. 20 to 25. Where, where are you closer to, more or less, on that I, spectrum? I was, I, I'm thinking around 15. 15? Whether it be 10 to 15 or 15 to 20, I think it'll hover. I don't I don't think it'll stop at 10. Like, I, I don't, don't think either. it'll be I 10 think, and back. I don't either. I don't think that, which means we'll get to more so where you round it up to 15, even if it's 13 or something like that. Um, but I think it'll be more so around 15 games in terms of just me thinking about because they went the indefinitely route, that means usually more than 10, for sure. Because it's like, if that's the case, if you're not going to go for more than 10 games, which makes it a lot harder to pinpoint the actual amount, like the higher amount of games you go up, the harder it is to pinpoint and give a logical reason as to why, which is why you just give the blanket statement and call it indefinitely. Right. But if it's less than 10 games, then usually like you have a reason behind it and you have logic behind it that says why whatever said act was that was committed out there is held to a little bit of a lesser degree because of, uh, for instance, I, I said this after the Rudy Gobert situation, because he came to the defense of a teammate and he didn't throw a punch, I knew that it was only going to be around a five-game suspension. Mm. So the intent mattered in that because the intent this he has no intent to stand on mm-hmm. in this incident. Somebody grabbing your waist and you trying to sell a foul is not nearly as enough of an intent as your teammate being in a vulnerable position during a, <clears throat> a altercation but, and you coming to support and defending your teammate, but even, which is why it made this act a lot yeah, more indefensible yeah, than for that. Sure. But even still in that act, Obviously, all of this it was stuff. Excessive. All he got this, suspended, and that's what I'm rightfully saying. All so. of this stuff resurfaces as this new situation For just sure. comes about, and everybody from the previous situation with Rudy Gobert is just stuck on the how long extra after. Yeah, it's like it was even excessive. at the root of it was excessive. I think I watched Richard Sherman talk about it the other day, and it's like even at the root of which he he was had Draymond back as far as respecting. I mean, protecting his teammates. For sure, but. 
He said it went too far. That drag was long. It was real and long. And he got suspended five drag. games for it. And no, that's the but, reason he got it. He served a suspension for that. Exactly. Was because it was excessive. But again, intent a lot of times matters. And the act itself matters. The act. The, you see, know what I mean? Like the act punching somebody in the face is a little bit different. If, I'm not saying whether it's more or less dangerous, yeah. but it's perceived as a little bit different than putting somebody in the headlock, if you will. And it was so close and, together, and man. it was, and it happened too close together. And again, he got suspended for that. Like, no, it's not like he got, you know, some, whether you view it as a slap on the wrist or yeah. not, that's something. But five, a five game suspension is a five game suspension. It matters in the long haul, but oh. now. It don't matter at all. Only yeah. thing that matters is him getting right getting, to be getting, able to be yeah. safe enough to get back on the court. On my take, I think we're in a ballpark. I think 15 to 20 games. And I actually think he's going to come out at some point during this indefinite period and say he decided to step away from the team for the year. That's what I foresee happening. Um, That's, that's heavy. <laughs> that's just a take. That's heavy. I, I Why? Why? Because of because of the trickle effect of what it's doing to the team and the organization now. Mm -hmm. And I think for a long time, those talks didn't happen because it was either argument, you know, arguable as yeah. to this one was pretty just blatant and didn't warrant that reaction. For so sure. I just think it's going to be serious talks. Do you think it's dependent on, in part how well the Warriors are doing without him? Because let's say they just flip a switch and they start it's balling. Kaminga comes in and he balls out. Moody balls out. And now you get into a position like, oh, we're about to be in the postseason. You want Draymond Green available. If they're doing well enough to have a chance to go at a run, he's and, going to come back and play basketball. And that's what I'm saying. With it being the third of the way through the season already and – and all the negative drama that is spilling over to the Warriors and to the coach and to Steph Curry even, because I'm hearing that take a lot now in the leadership department, mm -hmm. I just think that it might be a distraction enough and serious enough at this point where conversations are going to be had where that option is not off the table. I, I'm not mad at that. That's I do think he's my, – my gut tells me he's going to come back. Yeah. But but I do think now that you've said that, because I again I I didn't have that take at all. I still kind of don't, but the the element of that being even a potential thing to me is how well this team is doing. For sure. Because if they're doing well, like I said, the, the years the years go one by one by one, and they've got a lot of miles under them. And, and it's not too many years out <laughs> yeah. that you could be like, all right, this dynasty still has a chance. To get one more ring. One more again, ring matters to them again, a lot. Even, if even though they got it, four already. Even if you're not having the same take, though, even to your point of that, they damn near don't have room to do nothing but do better. That 10 and yeah. 13 right yeah, now. Yeah, for sure. That's so what I'm saying. That's if, a if key they element to that. There's elements that could turn I think it around. That's working against him as well in, in regards to making that decision. Yeah. And maybe that decision is best for him and the team. So I'm not saying working against in that standpoint, but for people who want to see Draymond to come back sooner than later, mm -hmm. which is a lot of Draymond and Warrior fans that do. I think that's an option that's not... Yeah, that, I just think it's too early in the season still. Like you said, the record ain't good, but 10, 23 games is a, what not a, definitely under half the season. Mm -hmm. Probably more so like a third-ish of the season, even maybe a little bit under that. Um, yeah, doing the math in my head, it is under a third of a season for sure. So 
I don't foresee him sitting out for that long of a time. I got another quick question for you. Is the Nurkic interview a tactic, or do you feel like that's really the narrative around the league as far as the players? Is the Nurkic interview a tactic from who? A tactic. We all saw it. No, a tactic from him as far as that brother needs some help. Like... Do no, you, no, like, he got he answered a question in a presser. For one, it wasn't like he went out and did a a, a, a presser or he went out and did an interview. Everybody knows he was gonna get asked that question, sure. and we all saw what happened. It's indefensible. So Nurk saying that to me isn't a tactic at all because we all feel the same way this time around. It's nothing to debate here. These are narratives that I'm reading and hearing and listening to, mostly from the Draymond Green fans, but. I don't think it mattered like as much that Nurk said it because, as much as it did that KD said it. So then, because Nurk's the victim here, Nurk is the I one who got see, hit. Yeah, I didn't see KD, KD has come out and and basically said he wasn't like this when I played with him with Golden State. Clearly, there's something going on here that hurts a whole lot more than Nurkic saying it because Nurkic could be saying that out of anger. <laughs> Nurkic could be saying that because whatever emotion he's feeling about getting socked in his jaw yeah, yeah. and put on the deck. Right. Like you could say anything and, if you're Nurkic, and <laughs> because we can't defend the actions of Draymond, like all right, you got it, Nurk. Like whatever it is you say, you got it because you got hit in the jaw. But it, but, but again, KD. That's a little different. That, I think, holds a lot more merit for one, just because it's KD, plain and simple. And for two, because, yes, KD did play with Draymond Green. And the fact that he said he wasn't like this when I played with him, that's that's a heavier thing to say than Nurk really saying anything because okay. you expect and, that from Nurk. And part of the reason I'm asking, too, is because I was listening to Stephen A's take on it, and he was saying basically what Nurkic said in an interview – is the reason that the suspension is going to be lengthy. Yeah, I think, I think it's he, KD far more. You know, and, I think and, I think it needed another player because, like I said, Nurk is saying that, yeah, you expect him to say that after he just got knocked out minutes ago. You know, he got put on his ass minutes ago from a punch to the jaw. KD saying it, it's a totally different, and, totally and different I, conversation. And then, and then it, you could discredit it or not because he was a victim too, but Rudy Gobert had a similar sentiment, like, that brother yeah. need, like, no, I mean, no room it's nothing for, to like, defend it, here. You know, it's nothing so, to defend here. So that's what I'm saying by do you think that these But again, are, Rudy Gobert was the quote-unquote victim in right, that. Right, So, yeah, you expect him to say something negatively about Draymond Green regardless of what the, the narrative is. what these people are saying. KD these are saying tactics. it changes That's why everything people are saying these are tactics, though. You I, I don't think they're because tactics. Because they're the victims, think... so they're like, oh, he wasn't hurt, but that was, he said that to... No, make, no, no, you know, I don't think they're tactics. I, I, I don't either. I don't think they're tactics Tactics because Draymond does have a track record, so first and foremost. So it's the narrative like, around the league, like that people think he really He has a track record, absolutely. This was the straw, this was the ice that took the cake. The narrative is what the narrative is. But again, I don't think it so much mattered that the victims were the ones to say that. I think it was KD. I think it mattered a lot more when KD came out and said that because, again, it's KD. And again, he played with him. Even if he said, man, I think he needs help. What He went a step further and said... He wasn't like that when I used to be on the team with him. Yeah. That changes. Changed. Yeah, <laughs> we can all hold the narrative that you speak of. KD, even if he stayed consistent with Gobert and Nurkic and, and KD said, is a hooper. And he said, tell it real. He needs help, and the narrative was consistent. KD took it to a whole nother level when he said, 
this guy has changed. Yeah. So clearly something is going on because he was not like this. Because right now you can't technically pinpoint what it is that's actually going on. on. So the fact that you can't pinpoint that and KD comes out and says, even though you can't pinpoint it, I can tell you. What was ain't what is. And what he did, how he was then, is not how he is right now. That changes the and game. And that, again, that supports my game. narrative that he might be done for the year. Yeah, I don't think because so. John Moran got 25 games for a gun. But, but I, I, I mean, and, some, like you said, and we all said the same narrative about John We all said something about John Morant because, again, he had a track record. But John Morant he was going showed us, stuff. and he showed us at 21, 22. This man is showing us that he got some behind-the-scenes Stuff going on that we know nothing we, of. Again, he can't pinpoint. He's a vet. Can't pinpoint. I just, I just think he might. That's my take. He might be done for the year. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> think. I don't foresee that. I don't think that that that's going to be the case. But I do think that's more dependent on if it if if that is a thing. That's more dependent on how well the Warriors are or aren't doing than how well he is or Lastly, isn't doing. Last idea. And I think that's kind of messed up too. to say, but it's I think my it works in his favor, especially if it's voluntarily. I think it's a play for him because people are going to – it's going to be that you took responsibility. Yeah. You could argue that no game – at this point, no games is going to be fair or better for anybody yeah. to all agree on. So I think if he took that stance, and again, behind the scenes, it's a business. Protecting image and likeness, you might get more respect by saying – I, I need to step away and allow this team to keep going in this direction. Oh, they're doing that for him. You know. <laughs> that's that's why that's but the indefinite piece. Make it look like he was, you know, uh, that he suggested this. Or, oh, he's you know. going to have to make it look like that way if he ever wants to come back and play basketball again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like, we gonna see how. Yeah, unfold, for sure. But enough for about sure. Dre. He's yeah, great. yeah. Um, I do want to get more into this list that came out. By Complex. I'm not going to read through the entire list for you all. I mean, maybe I can, maybe I won't. But I probably won't because it is the top 25 most entertaining sports personalities of the year. And, again, it's 25 people, so I won't read you the top 25. I can maybe give you the top five, and then from there, I might even give you the top six because I do think – there is a particular um there is a particular person or group of people in the top six that were basically combined together um because they co-host the show together that I think makes this all that much more interesting at the number six. Um, but let me pull up the power rankings here. I got them, but it's 25 people, so I gotta scroll and scroll and scroll to get to number one. Number one, actually, let's go to number five because some of y'all may not be aware of this list. And if you aren't aware of this list, I want it to build up. Number five. No, again, I told you six because that's the most interesting. Number six is Mace and Cameron. Ladies and gentlemen, Mace and Cameron. What a win. (laughs) Freaking win. They host a very much so unfiltered podcast that's called it is what it is, and I'm assuming most of y'all didn't even know that because, for one, it's fairly new, and for two, it's Mace and Cameron talking sports, not rapping. So I think it's good for y'all to understand, well, what sports platform in the world is it that they're a part of to be ranked six on a top 25 list on a platform as big and as notable as Complex? They're number six. Number five, Shaquille O'Neal. I love that for Shaq. 
Shaq is a blueprint of mine in this sports media entertainment space. Yeah, okay, that's fine. <laughs> but I, I personally love that for Shaq, and we'll get to everything we agree with, don't agree with, what we like, what we don't like. Number four, Pat McAfee. Hard to argue. Pat McAfee just signed a gigantic deal with ESPN. He gets Aaron Rodgers on his show every week, and not a lot of people doing that. Pat McAfee, he, he's he's a big dog in this. Number three is Charles Barkley. None other than Charles Barkley. I could see it. Um, he's probably considered the most entertaining guy on what's considered the best show in all of sports, studio show, whether you call it a debate show, whether you call it a pregame studio show, whatever the case may be, that show is so massive, and he's the most entertaining guy on that show. Doesn't surprise me too much that Barkley's number three. Number two, we have none other than Mr. First Take himself, Stephen A. Smith, ladies and gentlemen. He is number two on this list. Only only other thing you can argue about that is that he's not number one because number one on this list is Shannon Sharp. Club Shay. Club Shay Shay. First take now as well. Formerly with Undisputed with Skip Bayless. Now, D-Boy, you've gotten to look at this list in entirety and I've gotten to as well. What pops out at you the most? Um, And then, of course, like I said, we'll get into the intricacies of the list, if you will, just after that. What pops out the most? Um, Stephen A. Smith not being number one. Really? That that pops out. I'm in no particular order. That's just something that really pops out um, to me. I I don't see Shannon Sharp being a bigger icon at all in this in this realm. Stephen A. Smith, I feel like is it is it is it deserved? He's the big dog in sports he's, media. He seems like the biggest dog. To yeah. be honest, okay. and, and, and Club Shay trending in that direction to come for that number one spot in the new age, but I just didn't think he was there yet, so that surprised me. But okay. I'm not mad at it. I, I watch, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean. I tune in, so I'm not mad about that at all. Um, Shaq, Shaq being number five, I actually think he is the least. Important, not important. Let me not let me not mix words up. I think mm-hmm. he's the least. He brings the least to the table in the skill part of of that show. Okay. And I I think Kenny and Ernie. I just think it's so raw. And and again, you're not wrong about Charles Barkley being the most entertaining, but it's because it's Charles Barkley. Yeah, he's a one of one personality. You know, and you could say... One of one personality. You would think you could say the same about Shaq with everything he does and is affiliated with, but it's like, you know what you're going to get with Shaq. 10 yeah. out of 10 times. Yeah. With Charles, you, you, it's no telling what that fool is going to say. <laughs> you laughing just thinking He's entertaining. About you know what he's I mean? He's entertaining, so it's for like, sure. It's like, as crazy as I think Chuck is... It's hard to argue that because when you put it like that, as the most entertaining person on the best show, like you can't two, argue. That. Two things I would consider with that, though. With that <laughs> being said, for one, which is, and this is kind of just us doing it now because it's part of what stands out to me. Mason Cameron is is who I'm going to acknowledge, and I don't particularly disagree with them being at number six on the list. I think it more so speaks to the direction that sports media is going rather than 
do they deserve to be on there or not? And, you're, and I'm saying this as somebody who is a sports journalist, not just a sports media personality that does a podcast or hosts a TV show or any of those things. And I know this probably would be a list that traditionally most journalists, especially journalists that are traditionally trained, if you will, would not be fond of because, for one, you don't really see none on here. Mm -hmm. You see a bunch of former athletes and women. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the women mm -hmm. that are on here because they very much so deserve to be the Taylor Rooks. Uh, they, you know, they and deserve to be there. It's a list than I expected, too. I like that. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Like, those, the women, Mina Kimes deserves to be on here. Uh, I want to acknowledge them all at this point. Uh, like I said, Taylor Rooks already, she deserves it. Joy Taylor, I think, deserves to be on this list and Kay Adams all the women that made the list I think deserve the list deserve to be on the list but outside of that the only three maybe four journalists that I can think of off the top of my head and and as I scroll is Stephen A uh Nick Wright is a journalist that are men of course I'm talking about because I am Colin Cowherd yeah which well, Skip Bayless but to that's the, the four to the Mason Cameron thing I guess like I said it doesn't it, it's a to be at that spot is crazy to me. That's great. Yeah. But I guess I'm not surprised because I see, I see what's serving the people these days, and it no matter how you entertain them, it's entertaining. And it used to be a time where the only platform that you could reach these people is by doing the politically correct thing. Yeah. And looking the politically correct way. For sure. But now we have a platform. Yeah. And they have a a name for themselves already established to where this is solely reinvention. Yeah. Stand, you was already raunchy kind of street rap. You didn't change your identity. You mm -hmm. just have a platform to to do this. And, and it's it, being received by the athletes that, themselves. Exactly. You got the dames, like you get athletes that come on there. And it, now with that said, <laughs> again, I agree with you wholeheartedly there, which is why I don't really have a problem with them being at number six, but I also don't have a problem with Shaq being at number five because when you talk about Barkley at number three mm -hmm. and how successful and phenomenal inside the NBA on TNT is, his antithesis, if you will, is Shaq. Ernie and Kenny, like you said, they're solid as a rock. They're they. I think what I love about Ernie and Kenny is I think they're both. Yeah, they lean into political correctness, but they don't portray like you know what I mean. They mm -hmm. also they're they're, cool they are so that socially their social IQ yeah. outside of just their knowledge mm -hmm. and their ability and their talent yeah. Yeah. is. It, is all the way high. That's why Ernie just got in the Hall of Fame That's and Kenny is a That's brother. Really you know what I mean? Like, like their their social. It's That's a balance. Yeah, and so it couldn't just be a uh, Shaq and Chuck exactly. <laughs> so on one end of the beam, of the balance beam, you got Charles Barkley, you got. Ernie, and I mean, all the way down to the setup when you watch him. Yeah. You can't have Shaq and Kenny sitting yeah. next to each other. I mean, it's Shaq and Chuck sitting next to each other. They yeah. might fight. You hear it in there. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, sure. like, Shaq has to go through Ernie and Kenny yeah, to, to be able to get to and Chuck and vice way. versa. It's a, it's a long way. way. It's a big it's table. They moving around these That's how pinpoint phenomenal that show is. Even down to that, it's Set a balanced beam. And so I think the fact that Charles is number three is hard with the success of that show and the fact that on the other end it's Shaquille O'Neal it's it's hard to have Shaq too far off from Charles Barkley in my opinion which is why I think he deserved to be in the top five and I'm not even particularly mad at this list at large but 
yeah, and and that because that show is so prestigious, it all had to. They all had to be above Cameron and Mace, <laughs> at yeah, least the two yeah. people you're gonna put on there. Because again, you got that's to, for sure. you know what I'm you saying. So I it's like it in that regard, I'm not mad put at that. Them that high, you got to put Shaq ahead of them. Yeah, yeah. But but I, like I said, and, and even deeper, I used to feel like I agreed with a lot more of Shaq's takes back in the in the past. I feel like as of late. He's become a little more like rebellious, I guess. Where it's in like in some ways, tr- like a troll. It's it, it, it and that's in some what I'm, ways, so I'm not yeah. tripping by it. That's what I feel like as of late. Where I feel like I kind of it was like Shaq. The I understand. Keep yeah. It, so yeah, I, think I get what that you're too. It plays a part. I, like I'm really looking at the talent of it. When I'm, you know, what I what I do it. like about Shaq's trolling though is that there's always intent behind it, or his takes. I do agree with you. Sometimes his takes can be a little bit outlandish, but he wants it to be outlandish to bring attention to what it is and the point that it is he actually wants to make. Mm-hmm. Most trolls just want to bring that attention mm-hmm. to themselves he because they don't get none. Circle. Shaq at least will say something that's a little bit outlandish, but at the same time, he's saying that because he wants to get a particular message across that he might not be able to get across any other way Fact. than saying something outlandish. Fact. So uh, there's, a, there's a method so behind his me. madness. Yeah, so so, so I, get, I get you on that. There's definitely a method behind Shaq's madness, I think, when it comes to to that but what do you um, think about another notable name that we haven't really spoke of yet what do you think about skip bayless and where he was placed i think he was somewhere in the 16 he was 11 13, okay he was 11, 11. Okay. so he wasn't in the top 10 and yeah i mean his show is not doing as nearly as great as his competitor is which essentially is first take mm-hmm. um you lose Shannon Sharp. This this is complex. So their social media is also pretty high as well. Facts. Skip's impact in sports media is one of none. He might be number one in terms of he put Stephen A. on, he put Shannon Sharp on. That's one and two on the list right I'm about there. To say if he don't lose uh, Shay, he's not in the bottom. He's, he's not, not in the bottom. Out, yeah, he's I, in I agree. The top 10 I agree. For but sure. losing Shannon, damn, and Shannon being number one. To have Skip in the top 10, that's too big of a loss to me. And, and again, Stephen A being number two, and they're together now, and you're competing, <coughs> excuse me, yeah. you're competing against Stephen A, I think it's a little bit harder to see him Dang. crack the top 10. But you got to put him at 11 because those two will still very much so give him all the credit in the world for their successes and that they wouldn't be where they are on this list and and more after, of course, in terms of what's actually going on in real life and all the things they're accomplishing in the business and in the profession that Skip's got to be around. <laughs> he still got to be around. I thought he was a little low. I think J.J. Reddick, credible. I like him a lot. I'm J.J.'s, not- but again, a lot of these people, too, are killing it in the podcast game. Gilbert Arenas. Oh, yeah. Gilbert Arenas is, mm-hmm. is number seven. Killing it in the Does podcast game. JJ Reddick, Does the it, old man in the three, killing it in the podcast game. Does it game. surprise you? Seven? Nope. Nope. Gilbert is Gilbert is something oh. else. So much so that a day oh. after a day after they announced this list, Shannon Sharp, and to me, I think I would 100 percent say that this was Shannon's intent. Shannon knew he was going to be number one on this list because Shannon got interviewed. First and foremost, so let's start there. He knew the the rollout. He knew it all. The mm. day after, do you know what Shannon Sharp announced? The day after this list and everything came out and had the internet on fire. What 
he has his show, The Nightcap, that he does with Chad Ochocinco. There's an added cast member. He goes by the name of Gilbert Arenas. That's going to be great because Gilbert, for one, is the very next day. (laughs) Like, this was the very next day. Oh, I'm adding Gilbert Arenas to the roster. Shannon's one killing it in the podcast. He's just doing great. Mm -hmm. Club Shay Shay is is probably the best sports podcast. It's the podcast of the year, Again, I would relatable. say. relatable. And then, and then him and Chad are doing crazy numbers mm-hmm. with the nightcap show that they're doing. Well, guess what? The NFL season is coming to an end. So it's, Chad is not going to particularly be in season for a show like that because they've been doing those shows on Sunday, Mondays, and Thursdays, which are the nights that the NFL plays football. Mm-hmm. So now that you're getting ready to get more into basketball, well, who's provocative but also was a beast on that court that I can get to give me a similar feel that Chad's able to give me during the football season? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead with number seven on this list, Gilbert Arenas. That dude is good. Damn. He's good. I got to tune in more. <laughs> I be seeing good. him. He come across a lot. Yeah, he's I, good. I just, he's one I haven't he's paid too much good. attention to yet. He, he, what, what I love about Gilbert Arenas the most, for one, he articulates himself very well. We know he has the experience being the athlete, and he's one of those underrated stars where his brand individually isn't too big because he won a bunch of championships and he's like super close. He's not Steph Curry, who's also very much so closely connected to the Warriors, or LeBron James, who's closely connected to the Lakers because of the prestige that they've received from winning. His claim to fame as a basketball player, albeit a great one, was with the Washington Wizards, the Mm -hmm. worst franchise in all of the NBA. So with that, there are certain opportunities that he's not getting. And this is where when we talk about if rings matter or not and things that are like, the lesser the team that it is that you play for, the lesser your brand is. And usually what helps to amplify the brand of the team is winning. So if you're so closely connected to a team in such a way where you won for that team and for that city and all that goes into that, it makes a difference in regards to winning a championship. And I don't think enough people talk about that, especially in that manner. But if you're Gilbert Arenas, the Wizards ain't the Wizards are a tri- are in a atrocious organization Mm -hmm. and although he didn't win no games he put up stupid numbers so he can talk like a star but what stands out i think about him he has a pov like nobody i've seen or heard and maybe it's because he doesn't have to be as politically correct Mm -hmm. as maybe a lot of people that put up the same numbers as he did Mm -hmm. but actually won games while doing it he's like the Baron Davises, the Stacks, the Matt Bourne. Like, he's an elevated version of a lot of those dudes. But I'm Facts. just saying, like, Facts. that crew of people were people, even though Stack won a championship, the, the, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> him and Pop <clears throat> don't see eye to eye, I don't think, probably still to this day. So he disconnected himself from the Spurs doing that alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know Facts. what I'm saying? So Real talk. let's just talk about that as Facts. it is. But but in Gilbert's case, I think he's in that ballpark of like people that are qualified and certified to be able to talk about the game at whatever level they would like at the, that they would like because they were really like that on the court and the real hoopers know and respect it. Mm-hmm. But Gilbert Arenas's POV, his point of view, you never know what angle he's going to take. He's very wow. unpredictable, that's and that's intriguing. 
that mixed with the insight he got from being from being who, who he, was, he is, it's, like, it's okay, intriguing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't like when I listen for his takes. It's not because I'm listening to for him to give me the take that I expect, but in a way that maybe I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. Because he's just so good and so eloquent or so well-versed or has expertise in a particular thing where I might understand at the surface level what the take is or what the take should be, but you might be able to give me more nuance because of your expertise. With him, you really don't know what that man is going to say next. That's very intriguing. I got to tune in. I will <laughs> be tuning good. in. This list opened my eyes to some stuff. He's for good, bro. He's good. You like Gilbert? the list overall? What you, what, you, what you grade it? Um, I graded a B. B, okay. Um, and I think a part of that is my own internal um things that like connect with me personally. For one, I'm I'm a I do this type of work. I podcast, I, I'm on radio every week i've obviously done a radio show so i come from the world that a lot of these people come from in that regard so i love to see it being somebody that comes from that world but i'm also now at this point in my career in a little bit of different world i'm a live in-game broadcaster you don't really you don't really see any live in-game broadcasters on this list and then also just i come from the world of journalism and in that sense you really don't really see guys that have like full-on journalist backgrounds a lot of these dudes are hall of famers or will be you know what i'm saying or close to it all stars and you know like like i said it's four journalists male journalists at least like i said the women journalists i think they all belong they all deserve to be there but also you know, we just had a conversation the other week about how it's all uh, all the R&B nominees for the Grammys, the R&B Grammy is all women. Like, we are in a particular time where they're thriving and rightfully so. We needed to be here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a knock. It's not a negative thing that I'm saying when I acknowledge that. But at the same time, I'm not as surprised about that as I am like... Ooh, journalists, if you don't know how to t- entertain in some form or another, you might just be in trouble. <laughs> you A know lot what I'm saying? Of, yeah, for sure. Because the competition sure. is cranking out legitimate entertainment right now. Mm-hmm. And the numbers and the success that we're seeing from those entertainers, whatever that platform may look like, you better believe your bosses and yeah. supervisors and directors are going to be looking at those numbers and wondering why our numbers might be dipping a little bit. Yeah. Oh, because everybody's eyes are over there. Well, we might have to change some things up, which is great for me, but for a lot of journalists, again, with traditional backgrounds, might not be so great if you don't know how to play both sides. It's not just about the, the, the degree no more. No, nah, nah, yeah, man, no. Nah, it's it's, it's kind of like how the music went. You got Kenny Beecham on here uh, because yeah. of a YouTube show. and me, like You know what See? I mean? He's number 25, but he's o- on o- here. Open your eyes Come to some on, stuff, man. Huh? Come on, I mean, yeah. I, I've been pretty aware of this yeah, but already. You, just, you but know, get the wheels turning as to 100%, how, you know. With the trends of the game exactly. and, and me now, yeah. and how do I adapt? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. And so, yeah, no, this was this was an eye-opening list and, and I think it was a, B is a, good a really good list. I, I would say a B. I would say a B. Um Jason Verrett. Congratulations to Jason Verrett. Shout out to he bro. is back with the San Francisco 49ers, friend of the show, as you all well know. I still think we had the best Jason Verrett interview of all time, and I Facts. think he would say the same. So but good. He got signed to the practice team. For the San Francisco 49ers, while they're looking like the future Super Bowl champs in the coming months, 
his story, as you all know from listening to that interview, and there's a lot more that has happened since then. Mm-hmm. His story is one of one. And the fact that he's back on the field, he's back with the 49ers in his hometown after enduring two Achilles and two ACL tears, and his team has a chance to win the Super Bowl in a couple months. Imagine if he goes and gets that ring. His story is going to be one for the ages. It's going to be and, one. And of you know one. we'll get him for it. We'll get him for it. Mm-hmm. But but congratulations for the ages for real. Congrats. It already man. is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But with the potential, like the legitimate potential that's yeah. there for it yeah. to become in the yeah. next two months, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Don't let him get back on the field and make a play. Yeah. For you know what I mean. Regardless yeah. of being back on the team, but like. If that happens in the process to them going out and winning a Super Bowl, which is if they stay healthy, uh, everybody's considering them to be the best team in football Fact. right now. Fact. It's not that far out of reach. Yeah, and I posted a little piece of his recent interview yesterday on my story, and um, it, it's just dope. Like, even being a Raider fan, it's like you can't help but not to root for the success of the 49ers when, when you hear the – the admiration and the respect from top to bottom and it being mutual. Yeah. And you see his teammates that say they really was checking in. They stayed in contact. Debo. They they respect yeah. what he is and who he is, especially when he's in position to be able to play, you know, when he's not injured. So it's yeah. like it it to see the organization, it's like that's the best case scenario. That yeah. if he's gonna make any comeback, it should be right there with his guys, For like sure. he said, from top to bottom. It's some type of mutual respect there because a lot of these guys don't get to get a chance to battle. For one, they don't put themselves in position, but you don't get to make it back from this. Yeah, you know for what sure. I mean. And for so, sure. as you said, why the story is already one of one, but you go get this Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it changes things. That's, that's wild. Right? So, yeah, it changes I'm things quite for a it bit, at this and point. it's cool because I, you know I've talked to him since getting picked up, um, and you know. He, I, I think, I don't think it's, I mean, he said it, and I don't think it's outlandish for anybody to say or think, like, and I'm not saying in terms of this season alone, but from here until he's ready to be done or has, or ends up going through another major injury, which we we know we it's not happening. We're not putting that in the universe. We're knocking on wood. Yeah. And... But this is the last go around at it because yeah. folks have been telling him he needs to retire yeah. for after four injuries, major injuries now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think for him, it's like I think he's mentally in a different space now to where it's like I can live with whatever results come from here. Facts. Which I think Facts. is going to translate well during this part of his career mm-hmm. because I know that there was mental hurdles that he had to get over Mm -hmm. to be able to come back again and again and now again and again and again for that matter. And again. And again. You know what I'm saying? I think this time around mentally he's in the best space that he's in and he's ready for wherever this ride is going to take him, whether that's the Super Bowl, whether that's playing for five more years. There's no time limit on it, but – I think he's at peace with whatever direction his career goes in in from here. And I think that's a beautiful space to be in after enduring all it is that he's endured 
to this point, but also getting back out there on the field and doing it again. Right, <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. Like, no, like sure. that matters every bit as much as what he's been through. It's Definitely. like, damn, you really going to go out there and do this again, huh? Definitely. Give it another shot. Yeah, He's bro. giving it another shot, but mentally I think he's in the best place, best space of any of the returns that he's made. And like I said, I've got to, I've got to see and talk to him through his growth. Yeah. That's what was been, been yeah. super dope yeah. about it here on the podcast, yeah. and obviously off the podcast because we have a personal relationship in the way that we do. And yeah, man, I think this what is this is that ride what for him savage. where he's like, I'm going wherever the game takes me from here, and I can one thousand percent live with the results. And I'm happy that he's in that space because I, I know in the past that. That's not always the top thought. I mean, not and like always, I said, yeah. he's talked about that on here. The fact that that's where he is now, man, I think this is phenomenal. And, oh, my gosh, I hate to admit this. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Mr. Raider fan himself wants to see the San Francisco 49ers win the Super Bowl. For the first year ever. Like I said, got In my life. Organization. In my life. I want to see him win now for my boy. Like, yeah. you know, it's bigger than It's deeper than hey, man. fandom hey, man. or anything. It's hey, my man. guy. To be fair, I've been loyal <laughs> and I'm to from the, the bay, soil. But, you know. And they owed me one after scoring zero points last week. We even. <laughs> <laughs> That was man zero. <laughs> yeah. Y'all owe me one. Yeah, no, yeah, right, so we've we been, yeah, we've been through we've been through a lot as Raider fans. Zero. So we get we if any if anybody deserves a pass, it's Raider fans <laughs> for AP, sure. Plus two thirty odds right now for the uh, you know Super I don't Bowl. do that on the, you know, for the uh, for the Niners. Niners plus two thirty. Better hunt it. Collect three thirty. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You putting it down. I'm not putting it down. <laughs> I might though. I might. I like them eyes. Zeb, would you put it down? I don't know if Zeb could get in or not right now, but Zeb, Zeb, would you put it down? Those eyes you just heard him spit. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> See? See? It's not crazy. It's and not Zeb's crazy. the football. He's See? our resident football guy here. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy, man. A hundred to collect 330. They can have that. Can I, have I think it. they got too much arsenal, man. They... So, so, Zeb, you saying Niners winning the bowl? I don't see anybody stopping them if they're healthy. Exactly. <clears throat> Thank you. And that and hurts he, me to say and that. And he's a Seahawks fan. Thank you. I said it. What I said as a Raider fan, he's saying what he's saying with a Seahawks beanie on right now that y'all can't see, but I can. <laughs> <Man. laughs> I'm crying. Hey, hey, <laughs> I don't condone it, but 500, you collecting 1650. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Take it how you want. That's my info for today. Go Jason Verrett. <laughs> well, we do got to talk about the end season tournament. Got to yes, acknowledge the end season tournament. You're right. You're the right. Lakers won. LeBron James won. And did we all pick the Bucks? I think we all picked the Bucks. <laughs> it was and they unanimous. To, and they didn't even get to the championship game. Wow. The Pacers were able to beat them, which gave the Lakers a clear path to being the in-season tournament champions because we knew that the Pacers wasn't going to beat the Bucks and the Lakers back-to-back. Although, got to give it to Halliburton. He's a killer. He made a name for himself. He made a name for himself. But you know who made a name for himself against the Pacers last night? 
Giannis Antetokounmpo so much to the point that the Pacers took their ball home. Yeah. They took their ball home and Giannis <laughs> went to try Boy, to go get it back get after it. his historic performance scoring 64 points. That's crazy. But anywho, back to the end season tournament. Yes, the Lakers won. LeBron James won. D-Boy, react. Wow. I was not expecting that, as we all weren't. Um, I thought Milwaukee was definitely going to be the strong enough team to to win that. Um, I like it. It falls in line. Uh, LeBron, the legacy, uh, some people could downplay it. I don't. Like I said, I think Kobe would have competed for any and everything, no matter if it was for a dollar, for an in-season tournament, or whatever. And I like the level of what the Lakers brought out. They made it feel like playoff Laker basketball. Yeah. And we've we've seen a lot of playoff Laker basketball for in sure. our lives. So for sure. For them to kind of be removed from that for a little bit and then seeing how early on that this got real interesting yeah. real early, I I was happy. So that's my reaction first and foremost that I think is great. I think it was something that was obviously a test run this year and is here to stay now. Yeah. That's for one. Agree. Um I think for two the Lakers are one of the top teams in basketball right now. I think they are deep. I think LeBron James, I'm not going to say he's aging backwards, but I feel like he's he's giving he's giving Father Time a hell of a fight. He's giving him a fight, and I think <laughs> as we all know with his basketball IQ has been, I think that's what's playing to his advantage with Father Time. And what I mean by that is with the technology mixed with his IQ, mixed with his work ethic, I th- mixed with his skill, I think that he's figuring out how to reinvent his game as he's getting older yeah. in a way that still works and is effective. And an example of that I could speak to is his three-point shooting. He, yeah. he He's shooting the ball well from behind the arc. Yeah. And it used to be a clank questionable. job. Yeah, <laughs> very it questionable. It used to be a clank job. Yeah. So – with that being said, like I said, the the combination of how deep they are mixed with two superstars, and let's give Anthony Davis his credit. He's been damn it. balling. I, I've been he's saying been he's a baller. I, I don't well, agree he, with. He's a baller. I, I don't, it's just is he going to sustain? I don't agree with this. We all know he's he a baller. Gets. I don't. I don't agree <laughs> with the amount of slander that he gets in the in the lack of like respect Fact, of how yeah. much he really means to this Lakers His game team. is top and, tier. And even LeBron knows this. Yeah, for sure. And, and so I, I want to give a, a big shout out to him, but I liked it. That's my reaction. No, I, I think it was great um, to all of you out there that are, that are basing the success of the in season tournament to television ratings. Just say you don't know basketball. It's okay. Believe you me, the NBA is doing A-OK with their broadcast partners. That's why these guys are getting paid a big, 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 big bag. If you think that the success or lack thereof of the in-season tournament was going to negatively impact or affect the product at large, which is doing phenomenal, and that's all your takeaway was from what took place Mm. and the product that was out on the floor, just say you don't know basketball. basketball. (laughs) The basketball was great. The intensity of the basketball in November and December was phenomenal. And LeBron James, and I'll say it, I've been on radio on Justin's show, which I'm I'm on every Tuesday, 8 a.m., tune in. I'm on uh, at Rip City 620. But I've been on radio, and I've always said – I, what I don't want from this in-season tournament is for it to 
start being a key point that people use when it comes to the most popular debate in basketball, which is that of the GOAT debate. I didn't want this to be that because this doesn't equate to winning a championship after an 82-game season and four playoff series. Two completely different things. But what I will say is, in terms of LeBron James and all of the success that he has had, what he is doing to defy father time, like one thing that I do think can be used in a GOAT debate that I heard a statistic of, LeBron's the only player in NBA history that has been the youngest player in the league before and the oldest player in the league before. And his production has been consistent is from really start the to finish. Player? No. LeBron's in year 21. What are you talking about? LeBron James is 40. Like he's not. He's 38. Same difference. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. Same difference. 21 years in the league, and he came in the league at 18. He's at least 39 if you do that math. 18 plus 21 is 39. He's 40. LeBron James is 40 years old. Well, he might be (laughs) celebrating his 40th birthday on his next birthday. Anywho, the point still stands that the consistency of his production from the start of him being the youngest player ever in the league to him being the, the oldest player in the league is, is not too far-fetched. Mm, yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? No, it's been talk. consistent, very much so. It might look a little different, mm-hmm. but it's been consistent in terms of who he is and who he's been. He wants to own a team in Las Vegas. Why not bring the most NBA hype to Las Vegas with you being the face of the league and you mm-hmm. playing for – not only the most notable franchise in the NBA, but a franchise that's only five, four-hour drive away from Las Vegas, which means most Las Vegas fans' local NBA team is the Los Angeles Lakers. So you get buy-in from the locals. Everybody's already bought into Las Vegas as a concept all over the world anyway. He goes out there. He makes the basketball matter out there. He wins it. I don't think that's sheer coincidence that at this age, he's able to put his story and control his narrative in such a way from an idealistic standpoint to a realistic standpoint because what he's doing in real time out there on the basketball court to match what it is that his ideas and his ultimate dreams and goals are, he's bringing them together. It's it's working. working. You have to give him credit for that. And 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 that is very, very impressive to me. I would never talk about this in a debate in terms of him winning championships or anything like that. But in terms of him controlling his narrative and backing it up, and He's I know doing you don't it. want it to uh, play a part in the GOAT debate and all that, and I hear you, and we definitely know that it's not nearly on the same level as winning an NBA championship. No. It does add to the resume of the long list of things he is first and Absolutely. the leader in. You do get to add some history that can't be broken, like he Absolutely. said, and that's the fact that he won the inaugural championship Absolutely. of the end-season tournament, which it does look like is here to stay. Yeah, and who knows what the success future. of that tournament will be 20 to 25 years from now. And that it'll probably when, be named after him. You know, the, yeah, it's just, it's just who knows. You know, so again, and and I, with the quality of the basketball during the tournament, that's something I would want my name to be attached to. Yeah, it doesn't hurt adding him to that you yeah. know, legacy. LeBron's so. him. It is what it is. Um, shout out to him. Great tournament. On that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. Ooh.